TalkZone.com. Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And it is two guys and a mic here, Jordan Burfield, joining the coach here on a beautiful Wednesday in the fine city of Chicago. That's where our show is emanating from. We thank you so much for joining us, Sports Talk and more. Final day of March, Jordan Burnfield. So all those goals, objectives, those desires, those wishes that you had for the first quarter of 2010, you better do them today, my friend, because uh, the year is already one quarter over. Well, my goal right now for the Blackhawks is that they just win at some point, win a game. They're, they're, they don't really do that anymore. They have decided to stop winning hockey games, and I preferred when they decided to win hockey games, so I, I would like for them to start winning more games. One of our topics for discussion today, no question about it, is uh, the Chicago Blackhawks here in our fine city of Chicago. A little hockey talk, rock talk. Right there, Rocky Tone, Rocky Tone, Tennessee. I only heard that song about <laughs> 57 times over the two games that Tennessee played. I don't mean that in distrust, by the way. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. I was down in St. Louis watching the, uh, not watching, but happened to watch the games, and the Tennessee team was there. Sorry, I got into that. Yeah, you're, you're big on Rocky Top right now. Well, I wasn't before listening to it 57 times. Right, but now but now it's stuck in your head at least it for is. another few days. That's exactly <laughs> But uh, it's that interesting. Phase will be over at the the end Chicago of the Blackhawks were like uh, hockey's next best thing. The city of Chicago was celebrating. We finally got a winning team, Stanley Cup contenders. They were like the new kids on the block who, uh, kind of like the new kid at school, you know, who comes in and is pretty pretty popular all of a sudden. You know, he's got a little 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 swagger going to him. The girls like the new kid all of a sudden. You know, he makes the sports team. The guy's pretty good in sports. You know, and, and he starts to build up that little social stratosphere a little bit. Starts to be the guy in town, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden towards the end of the school year, the new kid in school, it's starting to wear a little bit thin. And he's not quite as cool anymore. And the Chicago Blackhawks have lost their luster, my friend. They've lost, what, seven out of nine? Yeah, they're just playing badly. They're, I mean, listen, we, we knew all season that their goaltending might come back to hurt them, but it's not even the goaltending anymore as much as it is just the entire team is playing poorly. Their goaltending has been bad, and Cristobal Huey was horrendous in that game against Columbus when they lost 8-3. to mm-hmm. Antti Niemi hasn't been very good lately, but it's like the entire team looks tired, slow, just out of sync. They're not getting good shots in front of the net. They're not dominating the way they were earlier in the season in which they were playing very very dominant and smart hockey. I mean, a lot of their chances are coming from outside now because nobody's letting them in the middle to get better shots on net. They don't even look like a good hockey team right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go out last night and lose to St. Louis, and they lost two in a row to the freaking Blue Jackets. <laughs> and they got a couple of injuries, of course, of Brian Campbell, the most significant of the bunch. I don't know why, but I made this comparison, not to panic too soon, Blackhawk fans, everything's going to be okay. Made the comparison of the Blackhawks to Michigan State. And maybe that could make the Hawk fans and the Blackhawks themselves, who probably are listening to the TalkZone.com, I'm sure at least some of the players, Jordan, regular two guys and a mic listeners. But uh, think about Michigan State early in the season. They were picked as, uh, you know, not the top team, 
but one of the better teams. And they had a pretty good start of the season. Actually, they were doing real good, right? Yeah. I Leading mean, the Big Ten? Yeah. Their yeah, first two-thirds of the Big Ten season, they looked awfully good. Uh, very similar to the Blackhawks. Then, all of a sudden, slump. Not so good. Couple of big injuries. Slump, but uh, the Michigan State Spartans, last time I checked, are in the Final Four. So if I could make that comparison, it's a weird one. Maybe that could make the Black... If you're going to have a slump, now is not a bad time to have it, but you better get out of it soon. Well, uh I, I heard also people make the comparison against the 2005 White Sox, who kind of stumbled into the playoffs and then mm-hmm. won 11 out of 12 and won the World Series. I think those comparisons are very optimistic. I'm not saying that that can't happen. It could happen. But we've seen, Coach, throughout sports, in every sport, whether it's hockey, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, whatever it is, that teams that are faltering heading into the playoffs often burn out. It's very hard when you're not playing well to then ramp up that energy and pick up the momentum and all of a sudden get yourself hot in the playoffs. A lot of times we see these teams that maybe weren't the best team all year but get hot at the right time and then make a big run in the postseason and end up doing things that many people didn't think they would do. And I think what the Blackhawks are suffering from right now is that all season – they were this juggernaut hockey team that was creaming everybody, and now they're lo- losing that luster. And now their playoff resume is solely on what they did, not what they're doing. And so they're going into the playoffs. I mean, they have seven games left. If they don't win five out of seven going into the playoffs, no one's going to like their chances going forward. And and maybe Michigan State can serve as some kind of a blueprint for the Blackhawks, but to me, that's the exception, not the rule. When you're the Blackhawks and you're faltering and you're playing brutal hockey right now, playing your worst of the season, at this point, you just don't feel... I mean, I don't really know what team they could beat in the playoffs right now. I'm not saying that they can't win in the postseason. They certainly are gifted in terms of their forwards and some of their defensemen, although some of them have hurt, and I think that's killed them. In, the, in this last stretch of games without Campbell, without Janssen, a few games without Seabrook has really hurt them. But I really don't know who they could beat right now. I, I don't look at any team and say this they could beat this team at the way they're playing right now. Wow. What an optimistic thought on our Chicago I, I know. I just Jordan Birdfield making everybody in the city of Chicago feel good. No, I mean, you're I, right. I mean, it's, I want Objectively them to win. looking at yeah. it, you are correct. Now, I didn't see yesterday's game. They lose to the St. Louis Blues. Four to two, I think third loss in a row, seven of their last nine, definitely headed downhill. Apparently, though, and even the players were talking about it, it was even in defeat. It was a step in the right direction. The Hawks played a little bit with more enthusiasm with that swagger that they had early in the season, even though they lost the game. I I didn't see it, but apparently they played better. Well, I know the players said that. I saw the highlights because I was working last night, so I didn't get to see the whole game, and I kind of flipped through some of the game and saw a little bit of it. I don't really want to hear that. At this point, and I'm not saying that the players shouldn't try to be confident and they shouldn't try to remain confident mm-hmm. and that they shouldn't try to believe that they are kind of coming out of this. But losing to the Blues four to two on the road doesn't mean that you made steps forward. It doesn't mean anything good. It means that you've continued to play like crap, which is what you've played like over the last few weeks. And the fact yeah. of the matter is, is that when you're the second seed in the West right now, although probably going to fall out of that. When you're the second seed in the West, you've been arguably one of the top, well, not arguably, you've been one of the top three or four teams in hockey for most of the season. 
to go out last night and to play like that against the Blues, that's not a step forward. I don't want to but hear again, that. But again, you're right, and you know, a young guy like you see that's the difference of you and me. The wisdom of years, my friend. The w- or, or the blind <laughs> optimism. You <laughs> shot that theory down yesterday yeah. as well. Yeah. You can't just look at the final score. There is the story no, within right. the story, and there you've got to watch the body language of the players and the way that the game unfolds. And again, I didn't see. You're it, right, but, but you, Niemi let in a couple of goals. Yes, that I did not think were were quality chances for St. Louis. One of them bounced off his shoulder and dropped into the back of the net. One of them was on a screen where Niemi didn't even look like he saw the puck. He didn't even react. He was just standing there waiting, and Niemi's, then, zoom, puck went right through him. Niemi's first name is Anti or Anti. I don't know about you, but I don't want anyone as my most important player on my team that I'm rooting for to have a first name of, what, however you pronounce it, Anti or Anti. Either way, yeah, it's, that's it's, not my first choice. It's Anti, but I wouldn't want him to be Anti or Anti, to be honest <laughs> with you. But that's what um, yeah. that's what he's been. He just, a listen, good example uh, – Pretty good backup goalie, but maybe we are asked for him to be a goalie at this young age for a Stanley Cup contender. Is it the Peter Principle where we promoted him to a point of at least at this point of his career incompetence? You familiar with the Peter Principle? I'm not, but I, I, what I can say about Niemi, and I know that I'm sort of the, uh, the beacon of negativity on this show. You're the beacon of something. Yeah, well, you, you think I'm the beacon of negativity. I say I'm the beacon of realism, but <laughs> I, I think that. It, when you look at this, when you look at Niemi too, mm-hmm. there have only ever been three goalies that were rookies that have won the Stanley Cup ever in the history of the great sport of hockey. And so you were kind of going into this throughout the season saying, well, you know, hopefully Huey is going to turn it around because we can't really leave this thing up to Anthony Niemi, right? Well, now Huey is so awful that they have no choice but to leave this in the hands of Anthony Niemi. And you are wrong, my friend, because waiting in the minor leagues. It's Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford will oh, be promoted to the big club and will lead the team to victory in the Stanley Cup. If, if that happens, for, put it this Remember, way. He, he came through last year. When was he? He got promoted last year. The kid who looks he like play he's... play a little this year. Looks like he's about 15 years old. He, right? he and Brad Stevens went to high school together. <laughs> You're kidding. I'm not kidding. No, I am kidding. Okay. Kidding. <laughs> uh, they went to the same school of I'm just saying that they're both, they're both yeah. very young-looking guys. Yes. Uh, but but no, he was promoted last year and got to play in some critical games, and I'm forgetting which one, and did fairly well. Or maybe is this two years I'm thinking about? No, he. I mean, he played a little bit last year. He played, but it was more than just in regular season games. He had to come up and play key minutes at a key point in the season, and at least for a while, he did uh, pretty good. And then it started to peter out a little bit. But uh, he could be, you know, like stranger things could happen. They might bring a guy like that up and roll the dice. Yeah, I mean, I if you if you're bringing up Corey Crawford now, and think about what that says. Well, are neither one of our goalies is good. We're going to go to the minor leagues and mm-hmm. take a guy that's played what 20, 15, 20 NHL games mm-hmm. and put him in now. I mean, it's. I'm not saying that at this point it may not be the most insane idea, but I, I just feel like it is what it is with your goaltending. I mean, the Hawks, the Hawks in front of them have to play better. I mean, we can we can. We can rip Niemi, we can rip Hue, and, and certainly Hue's is deserved because he seems like a nice guy and I feel bad for him, but he's been awful this season for the Blackhawks. Um, but it's it's sort of one of these things where if, if you know that you don't have a great goalie, okay, you want to be the Red Wings. Well, the Red Wings didn't always have a great goalie. Sometimes they did, but they didn't always have a great goalie, but they played great in front of him. Their defensemen were great. Their forwards were great. Their puck, their puck possession was great. They did everything in front of their goalie, 
to make sure that the goalie's responsibility wasn't to win them the game. And right now the Blackhawks are playing so poorly that unless the goalie, and I, I can't stand this term, but in hockey they say stands on his head, then they can't they can't win right now the way they're playing. They're they're passing is bad. They're they're shooting. I mean, they're, they're, the chances that they get, if you want to even call them chances, are like shots from the point that have a very low percentage of chance of going in. They just they don't even look like even remotely the same hockey team, even though they're, they're wearing the same uniforms as they were three months ago. Talk a little Blackhawk hockey here to start off the show on the uh, TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show. Our phone lines, as per always, are open for you, the uh, listener out there, the soon-to-be caller. 888-463-6748. You got any thoughts at all? You don't like Blackhawk hockey? You want us to change the subject? Um, you could do so. Dial it up, 888 jb Jordan Burnfield sitting in with the coach today. we got David Olson, our fine producer, on the other side of the glass. Don't forget we are webcasting, Jordan. I know the camera is trying to catch your good side. I did talk to the camera this morning. Well, there's cameras the, on both sides, and neither one of them is good. I was going to say, I talked to the camera this morning, and he basically told me he has not been able to find your good side yet. But he's trying. He's trying. He's trying. And he, I don't think he will. And don't forget, we got ground cam under here somewhere. You smashed it yesterday, though, uh, right? No, no, it's working again. I it's don't know working where the hell again. it is, but it's going to sneak up and <laughs> snatch you right in the groin at some point. It, might even give you the uh, your least favorite part of a physical exam before this show's over. I don't even want to think about that. Just turn and cough. 888-463-6748, the phone number, Blackhawks slumping, another uh, Chicago team trying to make the playoffs. The Bulls lose last night, and you don't like to hear this, but it was. It, first of all, it was the first Bulls game I've watched, Jordan, in over a month. I mean, I must have missed the last 11, 12, 13 games. Yeah. And well, I decided they to... basically lost all of them, so you haven't really seen much. Well, no, they had the 10-game losing streak. That was bad. <laughs> They've come out, you know, laugh all you want. With all the injuries, I'm a Vinny Del Negro guy. They've won four of their last five. Well, to take advantage because there's about eight games <laughs> left it. of the Vinny Del Negro era. Stop it. They're going to re- they're going to extend Vinny's contract in another three, four years. Don't kid yourself. No, they won't. Huh? Not a chance. You're probably right. Uh, but they had a four- or five-game winning streak. They still have a slight chance of making the playoffs to get that eighth spot, the great honor. The great honor of making the playoffs and, and getting being eliminated by Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Why does but, anyone even want them to make the playoffs? Ah, uh, there's something about it. you. Gotta you gotta try to. What are you gonna do? Purposely lose? No. Uh, listen, I understand that you want to try to win games. I get that. Yes. But here's the thing: if you get a, if you if you make the playoffs, you get pummeled by Cleveland. You want to make the argument that oh well, it's gonna help the young players. Most of the players on the team were on the team last year that went to the playoffs and played Boston. So. Only for, like, Taj Gibson and James Johnson will this be a brand-new experience for them to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Third is that I would almost rather have them get get you know get their lottery ball pick and, and just get whoever they get because, I mean, to get pummeled by Cleveland, I really don't know what that does for anyone except extend the season longer mm-hmm. and give us more opportunity. The one, the one good thing is it would give us more opportunities to watch Charles Barkley make fun of the Bulls. Well, you're no Charles Barkley doesn't make fun of the Bulls. He's a supporter. As a matter of fact, he, he's, he a does, Vinny Del he's a Vinny Del supporter. He's a Vinny guy. Okay. But if they get blown out in the first round, he will make fun of the Bulls. All right. Well, I, I would tell you this. First of all, you mentioned Taj Gibson watching the game yesterday. Uh, he He's a keeper. He is a keeper. They've yeah. got a solid, solid rookie who uh, is the kind of guy I don't think is going to jump around the different team. He's a guy that could be a fixture in Chicago. Not going to be a star, but on the other hand, he's also not your, oh, I'll get a few rebounds and defend a He can score. He can, yeah. Looks to score. I like him a lot. The Bulls played a very good game yesterday. You know, we often criticize NBA regular season basketball, 82 games. The players don't try that hard during the regular season. 
Because most teams can coast. They can. I mean, and, and, Shaq hasn't played in two months. I understand that, but what I'm telling you is yesterday was a great promotion for NBA basketball. I sat down and watched that game start to finish. The Phoenix Suns, they're in the playoffs. They don't have that much to play for, and they were on the road. They were into it. They were fired up. They played a great It was back and forth. It was a very entertaining game, albeit the defensive intensity at times wasn't exactly high level. But uh, it's a great game. Bulls lost. Put up a heck of a fight. I know you don't like to hear that. Great effort. They uh, ended out losing. And by the way, Steve Nash, you forget sometimes with the whole LeBron and Kobe Bryant. Steve Nash is amazing to watch. He's incredible. He's incredible. I mean, what, what I'd say, though, is that I'm not saying that the Bulls didn't put up a decent fight. They did. But, I yeah, mean, it's a great game. these are games you have to win. And, listen, I'm not saying that they're good enough to win them, okay? I, at the sa- I'm, not, I'm right. not saying that the Bulls are good enough to win these games because they're probably not. And the fact of the matter is is that they're the nine seed because they're not very good, and they were injured, and yeah. consequently they're not a very good team. But right. if you are going to make the playoffs, okay? you got to win that. You have to win that game. Yeah, I agree. And the fact is And I is think that the Bull players knew that. And Vinny Del Negro knew that, and that's why when the final 30 seconds, when it finally got away from him, there was a look, a sunken, as a viewer, as a fan of the Bulls, that game hurt when I knew in the last 30 seconds it finally got away from us. So you're right. Yeah. And that's why it hurt so much. It hurt. Yeah, it's just that, I, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say the Bulls had to win, you know, that the Bulls, you know, had to win that game because they're not going to go to the playoffs and this is their fault. I'm not going to hammer them for this because I just don't think that they're very good. But if if they were going to be a team that was going to go to the playoffs, these are games you have to win. And the problem that I have is that, and I, and I like Joakim Noah as a player, but listening to him after the game, he's such a, like, I do act like you care a little bit, okay? I know that that's sort of his personality to just be like, well, you know, we got to well, win. If you watch Joakim on the basketball court. No, on the court. He cares very much. On the much. court, he cares. Uh, but off the court, when you listen to his comments, it's almost like he's joking with us. Like, oh, well, we have seven games left. We're not going to make it. And, and I know that he's saying the right things, but it's sort of the tone of his voice. When you listen to him, it's like, do you believe anything that you're telling us right now? Aren't you just ready to go home and <laughs> smoke the hookah and do whatever you do all summer, Joakim? <laughs> all it right. just, I, I just, like, I, I'm not going to get so upset about it because it is what it is. They're not very good. Hopefully next year they get a free agent. 888-463-6748, the phone number here at thetalkzone.com. Real quick, we'll sneak in a phone call before we take our first break. Let's go out to line number 18, and it's caller Big Dog. Check it in, Big Dog. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right, fellas. You know, I'm uh, just trying to get a little bit of the half of the B squared and the coach show, basically. Yeah, that's my... right. The B squared uh, and the coach show. It's got a certain ring to it. Well, there's yeah, because I'm doing a Cubs show that's called B squared that's okay. coming up. So that's what he's referring gotcha. to. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think Coach guys, got that, but that's okay. Do you guys ever remember? Maybe I'm wrong, but I've never noticed a year where more Bulls fans are legitimately rooting against the Bulls or don't care, and this is a team on the verge of the playoffs. They have a, I don't know if a young budding superstar in Derrick Rose. I, I really like the kid, and I think he can be one of the best. I think he is the a NBA young budding superstar. Yeah, he's, 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 he's become much less budding. He's, he's come close to budded. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's right okay. He's right there. Yeah. Oh, okay, but have you, are you guys getting the same feeling? I legitimately have a couple of my roommates are like, Forget the Bulls. I hope they lose, and, and some, I want Vinny gone. I yeah. mean, it's it's beyond apathy. It's almost like angst against this team. Well, tell, tell your roommates we don't want them as Bulls fans anymore. Any true Bulls fans is appreciating, I think, 
you know, the way this Bulls team has played this year, fighting, scratching, clawing. And don't give me this crap about, oh, we need to lose so we can get a lottery pick. What a bunch of hunky No, no, no. Well, they, I, they want him to lose so Vinny Del Negro is fired. Well, see, they realize that a lottery pick, what, what difference is the difference between a 10th pick or a 20th yeah, pick? Yeah, exactly. Well, draft. see, here's the thing, Joe. I don't think that – I think that Vinny – has actually done a pretty good job because he doesn't have a very good team. Yeah. And I think that the fact that they were in the playoffs last year and that they were close to the playoffs this year despite multiple injuries, I mean, I would contend that without Derrick Rose, the Bulls are the worst team in the NBA. You saw when they didn't have Derrick Rose, yeah. they were getting beaten by 30, 40 points every night. They're horrible yeah. without Derrick Rose. So to me, you made the playoffs one year, you didn't the next year. I don't think it's an indictment of Vinny Del Negro that they're going to get rid of him at the end of the year that he's done a bad job. I think it's an indictment of the fact that he's not a sexy coach to play for if you're a free agent i think what the bulls are going to do is they're going to bring in a coach that's a bigger name that's a bigger pedigree that's a that's a more respected coach around the league because they're trying to attract free agents i don't think that it has anything really to do with the coaching job that del negro has done because i think last year you could argue that he did a bad job late in games not getting rose the ball not having rose be the guy that takes shots that they blew a lot of chances late this year, I don't think that he's really cost them in any games. I just think that he's not the coach that takes you to the next step. If the Bulls are to get there, you know, they're going to need a free agent and a better coach. Jordan, is Chuck Daly still alive? I'm not trying to be funny. Is he still alive? <laughs> I honestly have no idea. Well, if he's still alive, what the Bulls need to do is just hire him for a two-year contract, give him, like, just wink and say, we're going to give you, like, $2 Because ten games in after they get they get Bosch and LeBron James as free agents, they can fire him then, mm-hmm. you know, and then bring in whatever coach they want after that. Because you get Chuck Daly. Every single superstar wants to play for him. He's like the superstar coach, that's our, right? That's our text message question for the day. Is Chuck Daly still alive? You can text message us now. I, you know, I, honestly, he has passed away. We have confirmed that 18 oh. out of 23 emailers are telling us he has passed away. I, I would prefer Vinny over a deceased coach. Well, just, I was just kidding about the Chuck well, Daly. But do you, yeah. uh, Big Dog, do you go along? Uh, you know, Jordan's theory sounds good, but is it, uh, you know, a bunch of sports talk, hooey kalooey we're building up there? Or do you think there's some reality to that where the Bulls would actually bring in a coach based on just trying to draw free, free agents? Agent? Yes. Yes, absolutely, Coach, because really? as much as everyone's like, oh, he's an X's and O's, it really is about the Willies and Joes. Seriously. You can get an, an average coach who can at least keep the chemistry of the team together, can roll the ball out there if mm-hmm. it's Derrick Rose, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James, like someone that you know very well has hinted might happen, you know, this particular offseason. And if it's Vinny Del Negro, is, is LeBron James and Chris Bosh really coming here? I'd have to agree with Jordan on this one. And it, well, I, I think LeBron's that, not coming here anyway, to be honest with you. I think that if – I think, listen, it's pie in the sky to suggest that LeBron's going to come here. I think it's also – pie in the sky that Dwayne Wade's going to come here. I think that there's a chance that he could come here because of the whole Chicago thing. But I think that's uh-huh. a very small, you know, I, big dog, I think it's very, very unlikely that he'd come. I think the guy that we're, that the Bulls are likely, or more likely to get than any of these other guys, I don't even think any of them are that likely, would be a Chris Bosh or a Joe Johnson. I think either one of those guys could fit and would be good. They don't have the money unless they do a sign-in trade to get two free agents that are max contracts because they only have, I think, $22 million of cap space and the starting salary for a max player is sixteen five. So money-wise, it wouldn't work out. But I think... Yeah, they would have to get rid of $10.5 million worth of contract. Right, which which they could do. But my, my point is that I just think that it's... If you're trying to attract players to come here... 
you know, it's kind of known around the league, too, that Vinny's not necessarily that X's and O's guy. It's like Bernie Bickerstaff and the other guys behind the scenes are sort of helping him do his job, and Vinny's sort of the, the media, the, uh, the face in front of the media. And I, I'm not trying to take away from Vinny because, like I said, I think he's done a solid job. But to me, it's just sort of, you know, if you're really going to try to go for it, you gotta you got to glitz it up here because you're competing with teams that are, A, already good, and, B, cities where – the basketball team is more important. I mean, if if a free agent went to L.A., basketball is king in L.A. And in Chicago, basketball is not even its third fiddle, maybe. So Fourth. it's yeah. So I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's just and and the other thing too is you know people being bored about the Bulls. You were saying before the NBA is boring. I mean, a lot of people kind of forget about the NBA until the playoffs start because most of the teams just coast through and wait till the playoffs. And you look at every year, it's like some star was out for six weeks, but miraculously he's going to be healthy April 12th so that the team can make their playoff run. It's like the players don't, you know, if it was so important, I mean, how many sports do you ever see this in where like a Tim Duncan could be 40% healthy all year and barely playing, but then in the playoffs he's ready to go. You know, it's well, not like I, they don't they don't drug test during the playoffs. I don't think, and that's when the weed finally kicks in for Tim Duncan. <laughs> it's like you know you wouldn't see Carlos Zambrano miss nine weeks of the Cubs season, and then he just return for the postseason. If that happened, the Cubs would lose. They'd be done. I mean, it's just in the NBA, it just seems like you know this kind of thing goes on all the time, and that's where the perception becomes reality. So, yeah, yeah, right. it's, it's, well, anyways, guys, I love the show. It's good stuff. Good information there, Jordan. Appreciate it. You guys have a good one. Yeah. Big Dog, we appreciate the call, my friend. 888-463-6748. The phone number, of course, Big Dog drops off the line. Uh, Jordan leaves 11 other lines open. Yeah. Wow. Or I thought we had 18. Either we had Big 10 Dog lines open. Huh? Wasn't nope. he on line 18? Seven of them are technically down right now. Oh, okay. But we still got 11 lines wide open. That's more than enough. I don't know if there were 10 lines open when he called. Or the big dog just uh, was was a glutton and took up all 11 lines. You know what happened when you smashed the ground cam yesterday? It happened. knocked out seven yes. of the phone lines. Yeah, I, now now there's only five lines open because you did that. Thank you very much. We'll see if we can do some more of that. All right, David Olson, give me the rodeo sign here. It's time to take a quick break. JB, Jordan, Burnfield, and the coach. We're with you till 11 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. Back in about 45 seconds. More sports talk. TalkZone.com. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. 
We're back on the TalkZone.com. JB, you'll be very happy to know during the break, uh, XOXO, L.A. Pire, and Fitzpritz have now joined our somewhat dysfunctional Twitter family. They're jumping on board in record numbers. This is great news. Great news. Thank you for following our tweets. Try to control your excitement. Also, I don't want to uh, get you too excited too early, but uh, 39 days, my friend. 39 days until the 123rd running of your Kentucky Derby. I know. You're all big on that, and uh, I'm sure that I will be on this show between now and then, and we'll have some discussion where you talk about how excited you are for the Derby, and I peruse the newspaper to figure out who's running in the Derby and pretend like I care for about five minutes and then not care. I mean, I I have watched the Kentucky Derby because it's not hard to watch since it's two minutes long, but it's uh, it just, to me, it's sort of, it's, you know, I'm not one of those people that has to know everything about the sport, but it's sort of like since I don't know anything about it, I have trouble getting into it. I got to tell you though, Jordan, um, I've been I've been fortunate enough in my career to be uh, to have gone to several Super Bowls, the World Series, NBA All Star Games, everything. Nothing compares to Derby wow. Day. Really? Huh. It was unbelievable. I've been to three Kentucky Derbies and. It was it, it just the the feeling and the electricity is just it's unbelievable. My uh, ex radio partner uh, Seth Marks used to call it the best two minutes in life outside the bedroom. <laughs> it's it, it, very aptly put, but it, but seriously, I mean, if you ever have the inclination to go, I would highly recommend it. All right, fine, highly I, recommend. I would it. like to witness it, even if you're not a horse racing fan, just to catch the. Oh no, I'm sure that I would enjoy yeah. the pageantry, and I'm sure yeah. I, if I was there, I would enjoy the entire experience of it i just i don't know a lot about horse racing Mm -hmm. i don't know a lot about what technically makes the good horses and everything and i just learn it in the days coming up to the race so it's sort of it's hard for me to appreciate because i don't get it appreciate yes free horses by the way to keep an eye on here every once in a while we throw out some horses that some of the other race horse experts might not be aware of but the three to keep an eye on and we're going to add more to this list crack in the back one hanging low and I've got a headache. Three horses that are coming out of a small, very small stable in Mississippi. I want you to keep an eye on. And they're from Mississippi. Yeah, small, how, small stable. How is the track? You know, are they are they good on mud? Are they good on? Yes, they're good on everything. Yes, they are. Okay, I'll I've, be watching out for those. I've got a headache. Only runs when the weather is good, though. So if she is not a mutter. I see. Yeah, oh, and she's it's a, a big Philly. problem. Huh? Yeah, and the big problem is if I've got a headache, does win. You know how that Kentucky Derby horse. Maybe races a couple more token races after that, the winner, I should say. Then they send her out to stud or send him out to stud. They're a little worried about I've got a headache in her stud career. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, we will quickly move on. Baseball is uh, upon us, Big uh, Jordan Burnfield. You were able to announce a college baseball game. High school teams are playing. The major league teams have uh, made their final cuts. The 25-man rosters are set. Opening day for baseball, most teams on Monday. I think the opening national game is this Sunday, but uh, very, very excited. You were able to catch a little bit of the baseball fever uh, at a college game yesterday you were announcing. Yeah, UIC and Northwestern, a little nice. uh, local action. The Flames winning 6-1, to one, but you know, was, uh, I, the, the thing I liked most about the game is that it ended in 2 hours and 27 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was a nice, quick-paced, uh, well, well-executed game. You know, sometimes you watch these college baseball games. They go on for three and a half hours because no one can field and no one can pitch. But last night, pretty well played, but uh, the Flames won. But, you know, I, I'm interested, Coach, and now that the Major League guys are sort of moving towards the 
well, we've made our cuts, we know what our roster is, we're done with this whole pretend baseball thing, we're getting ready to actually lace them up and play real games and have our starters go longer than three innings before we throw number 87 into the game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm now getting excited for that, but I'm a little bit, and I figure you were going to bring this up, but I may be jumping the gun here, is I'm a little bit surprised at the Cubs' decision to choose Chad Tracy over Kevin Millar, and not because of the baseball decision, because... Frankly, it is the right baseball decision. They need a guy like like Chad Tracy who can play multiple infield, infield positions and be a left-handed bat off the bench. But I'm surprised they didn't keep Millar just because he seems like this great guy, this great chemistry guy, and you know, kind of one of these guys who could have been a, a star-type player in Chicago. Even though he's not a really good player, he just has that dynamic personality. And, and now who knows if he'll ever be a Cub because they've given him his release. It's a tough call for a baseball team when you're any team. When you're picking your roster and deciding on your final players, how much does the player's personality and what he will add to the bench uh, and or the quote-unquote clubhouse? And I, I would think it's a factor, but I think it was overridden by the fact that Chad Tracy is a proven decent commodity who can hit the ball, and like you said, play a lot more positions than a Kevin Millar can. But I, I bet it was a tough call. Yeah, And I, primarily tough because of what Kevin Millar adds with uh, his clubhouse presence. Well, Lou said it, and Jim Hendry said that it was mm-hmm. a very tough call, and, and and I could see that. I mean, Chad Tracy and Kevin Millar, listen, neither one of them is that high of an impact player. They're the 25th man on your roster. How much they're going to really do, you don't really know. But Millar was a solid hitter in his time, you know, a pretty good right-handed hitter, could play really just first base, DH, and and maybe the outfield. I know he was trying to sell them on third base, but... you. You can't have Kevin Millar playing third base for you. Well, the only problem is when you play third base, you have to bend over. Yeah. That's not Kevin Millar's strength. He's he's not really a fan of that. (laughs) So I'm not sure he can do that. And then, you know, Tracy at least is a guy who, like you said, can can play a few different positions, Mm -hmm. a little more athletically inclined. And being a left-handed hitter off the bench is a nice a nice thing to have for Lou Pinella. I think he's I mean they've really had that every year that he's been here whether it was a Daryl don't call me Daryl Ward or one of these other guys <laughs> knit out of the same cloth it's just it's nice to have that left-handed bat in terms of matchups late in the game to wow. put in. Now so. I know why that guy never talked to me. I always called him Daryl don't call me Daryl Ward. Yeah. But uh, it's Daryl. Wow. D-A-R-Y-L-E. That's why he would always give me those dirty looks. Now yeah. I figured, by the way, Carlson, All the times when you're in the Cubs clubhouse, right? Yeah, now it comes You're a frequenter. Uh, no. 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 That would be an incorrect statement. But, you know, <laughs> occasionally I troop my head around and just peek in and see how things are going. Yeah. Just making sure everything is Absolutely. everything is situated. I do want to thank listener to the program, our good friend uh, Smith Barney Steep, who called me up a week ago and uh, invited me to opening games. So I will be at the Cubs, not their... Regular season opener, which the home is in Atlanta. Smith, Barney, Steve doesn't have enough money to fly me out to Atlanta, but the home opener, I believe, a week from Monday. Yeah. I will be in attendance, JB, so um, maybe you'll do the show that day, and I'll be calling in and reporting from a bar nearby. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I may be going to that game as well. So. Yeah. By the um, way, speaking of bars uh, nearby in St. Louis, we got down to the Edward A. Jones Dome for the uh, tournament games on Friday about three hours beforehand. Okay. And I called my brother on the way, and uh, who's lived in St. Louis for 10 years, and I asked him, is the dome pretty secluded, or is it in an area we can walk around? And he informed me, as he was very correct, that no, no, it's in a very cool area. you got McLeod's Landing right nearby, Washington Street, so all kind of activities. So we got down there early park, walked around, went into a, a bar called the Skybox, which I think we have some in here in Chicago. We might. I've heard of it before. Yeah. Those aren't the strip bars, are they? 
Skybox? I mean, I've never been to a strip bar, so I wouldn't know. No, there's a it's Skybox on Sheffield is okay. what you're thinking of. It's a rooftop, Wrigley Field rooftop. Okay. Well, I don't know if this place is related or not, but uh, we Probably walk not. in. Walk in in a little disheveled atmosphere, but we, we notice half-pound hamburger, 99 cents, hot dog, 99 cents, pork tenderloin sandwich, 99 cents. So we sat down at the table. I'm with uh, my son and two of his friends, and I asked, you know, what, you know, how come, you know, the burgers are 99 cents? Oh, we just opened today. Today is our opening. Huh? The, so the brand-new restaurant opening with the final four coming in. We sit down at one of those um, round tables, like bar stool tables. Yeah. And it's... You know the wobbly tables you, everyone's experienced yes. those. Very frustrating. Yes. It's it's like a, an extremely wobbly table. It's like how do you open up a restaurant With and have tables. a wobbly table? That that happens after three or four years, right? Yeah, right. The waiters took forever to come by. People are walking in the place. Nobody's meeting and greeting. It's the first time the place is open. See, but you but, huh? would stay and give this place a chance. Because you are a coach, and this is what no, you do. No, I, you left. We ended up staying, but I regretted it. See, because I would have been not. like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I'm out of and here. That, that place will be, unless they find a new manager, that place will be closed in two months. <laughs> a wobbly table on opening day. Uh, how does that place. happen? <laughs> I have no idea. How does that, like, that, that's, like, amazing to me, that you could have a wobbly table on opening yes, day. Yes, I know. It's just, like, how it, do you open a just, restaurant? Why would you open happen. today? Open tomorrow. <laughs> Go get yourself a different table and open the restaurant when all four legs are the same size. Yeah, and get some help. You know, the waitress took ten minutes to get in. You would think, you know, the first time you open up, boom, boom, boom. How you doing? Happy service. You know, after you're open a couple of years, then. Things were awful. I mean, it, it would be like an NFL team opening its season without a running back. They just don't have Pretty one. much. I just we forgot we yeah. didn't, we I don't know where he is yeah. he's he's maybe he's at the hotel we don't have yeah. him I don't know where he is that's bad yes it is anyhow a sideline but we were talking uh, baseball and if you're not a uh, Chicago fan from your particular city you want to talk about your uh, final roster a little preview of the season talk a little baseball with baseball expert Jordan Burnfield you can do so triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight Jordan very soon we're going to be seeing all the predictors and the experts coming out with their predictions i'm assuming uh yada 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 yankees red sox probably in the national league still the phillies one of the favorites st louis cardinals maybe you know who i think is a team that will be good this year that i'm really kind of infatuated with this spring and i feel like they're going to be a really good team is the atlanta braves yep that team is bobby cox's final year i think so yeah it's very it's very dynamic that team i mean you have Derek Lowe and Tim Hudson and Jair Jurgens is a good top three in your pitching rotation. I mean, Lowe is a guy who's who's definitely been around in the playoffs, won the World Series with the Red Sox in 04. Hudson is a is a very good. I mean, he was an ace for a while. You know, he's kind of fallen off a little bit with injuries, but he's still a very good pitcher. Jurgens is an up and comer. You've got Tommy Hansen, who was unbelievably good as a rookie last year. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, this kid Jason Hayward. This left-handed hitting outfielder for them. I just keep hearing glowing things about him. And, and granted, a lot of times, you know, the experts kind of fall in love with these prospects that don't always pan out. But, but some of them really do pan out and are great players. I'm really interested to see how he does. You've got Troy Glost and you've got Chipper Jones in that lineup. I just think that they have a team that's going to be very hard to beat. And I think that because they're in the same division as the Phillies, you still have to like the Phillies now that they have Roy Halladay, too. But... I feel like in Atlanta. Oh, uh, you said the Cubs are in the same division? No, no, no. I said oh. the Phillies. Yeah. Okay. And the Phillies, you know, they have Roy Halladay now, so that that I think will help them, and they're they're obviously on their way to being a good team. Ah, he's again. overrated. Yeah. Probably <laughs> probably the best pitcher of the game, but you know, I I think that 
it's not, the National League could be, uh, I, I think that we're going to see Philadelphia, we may see Atlanta, we may see St. Louis. I kind of also like the West. I think Colorado is still a really good team. I think the Giants have dynamite pitching. I think the Dodgers are still pretty good. But I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a different landscape in the National League this year, which, which should be exciting. Hopefully our Cubs... God willing, Arguably, good, but... the division that uh, our beloved Cub play in the National League Central, maybe the weakest in the National League. I think it probably is, but but I don't think that that means that the division's terrible. I right. just think that it's just the weakest. Yeah, the... I, I think that I think that Pittsburgh is still going to be terrible because they they're it's pretty much death taxes and the Pirates finish in last place. They're awful. I think you've got uh, Cincinnati. I think it'll be a little better with this Aroldis Chapman, but Dusty will probably throw his arm out by May, so we'll see what what happens there. Houston, I think, will be down. But I think I think it's definitely a weaker division. Milwaukee, I'm not sure, has the pitching to really – I mean, offensively, they can compete with anybody, but I don't know about their pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that in the East, you know, you're definitely going to have – you're going to definitely have Atlanta. You're going to have Philadelphia. The Mets will have some catastrophe. They've already had a couple. <laughs> the Mets are just a disaster. And then, you know, I mean, with, with L.A., with uh, San Francisco and Colorado, the, the, the West would be good. The American mm-hmm. League, too, I think, you know, if you're a White Sox fan – I think that the White Sox should feel pretty good about their chances this year. I mean, you really, Minnesota's the one team you compete with. I think Minnesota, though, is going to be scary good. I think they're going to be a very good team. Mm-hmm. They have a loaded lineup. I raised my eyebrows only a little bit when you said the one team they would compete because I think the American League Central no, no, may no, not be the, the Central, strongest yeah. division in baseball, but I think it's the uh, most curious. Well, I think it's the most up for grab. White Sox, Detroit Tigers have the potential. Cleveland yeah, Indians, but I think well, see, I I don't I don't like Cleveland this year. Well, they don't, Cleveland fans aren't thrilled with you either. So yeah. both ways. Well, this is true. They don't like me. I don't like. The, I it's, I like the Indians personally. I've always kind of liked their team, but yeah. I just don't feel like they're going to be so good this year. I feel Kansas City is going to be bad again. They're just mm-hmm. they're still a few years away. Even though I think that they do have some young players that could be good, and they have a brand new uh, pre and post game baseball guy that will help out yes. the team on their radio broadcast. Yes, Mark Dreams Carmen, of course. Not sure if David Olson is aware or not, but Mark Carmen, one of our uh, fine gentlemen we've had sitting in the studio here, has moved to Kansas City, and among his duties, he's going to do a little pre and post Kansas City Royal baseball. Yeah, so they're going to be in it for about six weeks, and then Carmen will be having to do their pregame show in June when they're 25 games out. Yeah, exactly. It's a great gig in May and June, (laughs) but then it's all downhill from there. July, August, September. Yeah, welcome back to Royals postgame. Royals lose 10 to 1. They're now 45 games out of the first place with 20 games left. 11 lines open if you want to check in. (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, you know, when you look at Detroit, I'm I'm only with you to a point. I still feel like Detroit doesn't quite. I, they just never seem to put it all together. I mean, Miguel Cabrera gets drunk in September. I, but the Twins, new ballpark, a lot of excitement around that team. Joe Maurer gets the big new contract. You've got Maurer, Morneau, you've got Tommy Kubel. That's four dynamite lefty hitters in the middle of that lineup. That's a team that if I'm a white, I mean, listen, the White Sox fans. And don't forget one of the best managers in baseball also. I, I would completely agree. I think Ron Gardenhire gets so under, underappreciated. I don't know how underappreciated he is. If those that follow baseball, he might have used to be underappreciated. Now I think, um. I still don't think, I think when you ask people who the best managers in baseball are, they're going to tell you Joe Torre, Tony LaRussa, Bobby Cox, and, and they're not wrong with those selections. I think Ron Gardenhire is right in there. I mean, he hasn't won the World Series, but when you look at what he does with the Twins every single year, they're always good. They never have a terrible year. They never have a down year. I mean, that's a 
that's a really he's a great great manager, especially mm-hmm. playing in that old dump of a ballpark. But I've seen Target Field. I, I drove by it in November. That's when it what was it's called Target Target Field, the new the new ballpark in Minneapolis. It looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really looks like it'll be a good place to watch. Is there, are they going to have the little Target symbol out in like? Deep left center field. Why? Well, if you hit it, you get a yeah. five thousand. You know, it's like the home run derby. Fan. It's huh? like the home run derby. Yeah. They hit it here. I, they they did have a little Target logo in the front, like in the, mm-hmm. when you when you drive by it, it says Target, and then the little Target, and then the field. It's it's, it's really nice looking. I mean, I obviously didn't get to go inside, but yeah. just from driving past. And, I'm a big fan of the Target stores, by the way. Yes. Much of my clothing has uh, the last five years. You probably get some. C- CBT clothing by Target. You can probably get some Target discounts if you go to the Target Absolutely. field. But already have the way they built it too is kind of cool because in the highway when you're driving past it mm-hmm. in, in downtown Minneapolis, certain parts of the highway are higher are high enough that you can actually see into the ballpark, cool. which is pretty cool. So if it's a real exciting game, people listening on radio, you might have traffic like it'll be like a <laughs> yeah. gaper's block slowing yeah. down to watch the action. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't really see the game today, but while I was on the highway, I saw about seven seconds. Boy, did you see Kadir hit that ball in the right center field gap? Yeah. Where were you? Oh, in the middle lane on Interstate 43. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Oh. Well, I got into an accident, but it was great. I mean, it worked out. Yeah. I was right next to the game. I could, well, when the cop was coming and all that, I could yeah. just sit here and watch it for a half an hour. You're going to get stuck in an accident for a couple hours. I might as well be right near the ballpark. Yeah. But, uh, I'm sure on Friday the big dog will be in the studio. We'll uh, make our baseball predictions for the year. It's great that the season is upon us. And uh, Where do you go in terms of Cubs and White Sox? Give me a win total. Give me, give me a win-loss record for these Yeah, two trying teams. to be as objective as possible. As you know, a couple of weeks ago, I did go game by game game for the entire 162 game schedule as of a couple of weeks ago i had the cubs winning i think 72 losing 78 and i had like 14 undecided that i just couldn't decide okay (laughs) because if i went game by game through the schedule yes the cubs would probably finish with like 42 wins (laughs) so that's why i don't do it that way because i always look at every game and think they're gonna lose i'm gonna go the cubs 79 wins the white Sox uh 88 wins 88 wins. You're, you like the White Sox this year, then? Well, you have to sort of like them. I mean, the pitching staff is pretty good. Yeah, I, well, here's my thing in the White Sox pitching staff. And I said this to last year on, on I your said show. said 88 wins, by the way, not 98. Well, but 88 could get you in the playoffs. Could. Yeah, I, I think, I said this on your show last year, your, your former radio show. I think that the White Sox pitching staff potentially, you're right, is really good. But I think there's still a lot of question marks about that pitching staff going into this year. I'm not saying that Burley and and PV and Floyd and Danks can't be great. They could be great. They're, they're going to be obviously great, and they could win a lot of games with that pitching staff. I'm still not totally sold because I feel like there's still question marks about all four of those guys as they head into the year. I would say for the Cubs, said you yesterday, 84 wins. And I think for the White Sox, I'd right now go 86 wins. I think they're both going to be decent teams, but I don't think either one is is has sold on me enough that I feel like they're going to the playoffs. I think that either team could go if things go right for them. I mean, certainly if the White Sox pitching staff is great, then they're going to go. I really don't like the White Sox lineup, though. Do you? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's like a it's like a mishmash of just yeah. not like. If guys you are that the, were good that aren't really good anymore. And, if you're the opposing pitcher, the pitching coach, and you're going over the White Sox lineup in preparation for a series or for the game, it's not one. It's very similar to being a defensive coordinator last year, the last five years, preparing for the Chicago Bears. It's not exactly your hardest week of preparation. 
Yeah. You know, I, I say that actually in all seriousness, but and I think same thing with your pitching to the White Sox. You look at their lineup. They might prove differently because if they can do like Ozzy wants to and bunt and hit and run and scratch and claw, that can bother pitchers. But just on names alone, when you pencil in the front nine, your nine batters, well, I mean, not so good. You don't have Pesednik anymore, who I think was the catalyst to that whole Ozzy ball thing that they had going for a while. I mean, Alex yeah, but Rios. We do have the 48-year-old Juan Pierre. Right, you have a 48-year-old Juan Pierre who is either very effective or very ineffective and maddeningly awful. Sometimes in the same game. Yes, you have, and he's a <laughs> and he's a bad outfielder. I mean, he's a, I mean he's a bad outfielder. Well, he can get to the ball. He can catch Jesus. the ball, just Let's don't just, have him throw it. No, I mean it's like that scene in the Sandlot when Scotty Smalls makes the catch and then runs the ball back to the infield. Yes. They're going to need some. And at least Pierre is fast, so when he runs it back to the infield, the guy only takes one extra base. <laughs> but Alex Rios, to me, I mean. There's a reason why Toronto basically dumped him off. You've got uh, Andrew Jones is sort of like, what happened to him? Maybe he can find something left. I, I, I mean, nobody really talks about it. You lost Die and Tommy. Those are two big bats in that lineup. And Mark Tian, to me, is not a, an adequate replacement by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. I just, I look at this lineup and I say, well, I don't know where the runs are coming from. I, I hope Paul Canerco, for the White Sox' sake, has an outstanding year because they need it. And, and and Gordon Beckham may have to drive in 140 runs this year. I just don't like who's going to who's going to drive in runs for them. Mm-hmm. Who's going to hit home runs for them in that ballpark? You have to hit home runs. I really don't know where it's coming from. Well, they're not going to hit as many home runs as last year. That's the way Ozzie Guillen has built the team, and uh, he's going to sink and or swim with that particular team. It's going to be fun to watch, and uh, it's going to be different. Different makeup, no question about it, different offensive personality than they had last year, but that's, I think, what makes the season so fascinating, to watch these teams unfold, to watch the managers, the way they uh, mold their teams into their own personality. Lou Piniella and the Chicago Cubs, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. A lot of people talking about this could be his final year. He well, might uh... He uh, might head out to the same stable Bobby Cox's. Ah, uh, well, uh, we, uh, we, 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 we like, uh, we like the way he's throwing and, uh, uh we'll, 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 we'll see. Yeah. Uh, no, but actually. One more losing season by the yeah. Cubs and I think Lou's gonna, he's gonna go the way of Bobby Bowden of Florida State. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, Lou looks like he's eight months pregnant. I mean, Oof. the guy needs to lose a little weight, but Boy. he, uh, uh, yeah, one thing, word for Lou, yeah. treadmill. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I, I love Lou, but, I mean, geez, uh, the guy has gotten really heavy. Yeah, everything, um, the legs are the same, his yeah, face is the same, just the gut. chest is the same, just he gained 40 pounds and it's all it's, in the belly. It's like they, he put like a like an industrial-sized <laughs> boiling pot in his stomach. But I, here's a good prop bet for you for this season. Uh-oh. Who is worse in left field, Juan Pierre or Alfonso Soriano? Furthermore... Who is a better hitter this season, Juan Pierre or Alfonso Soriano? There is the scenario, there's the possibility that Alfonso Soriano doesn't could have stink? his breakout year. It's possible. Well, he doesn't have the legs anymore, so what do you mean by breakout? Like, not the steals, but the, the fielding, offense? Fielding respectably and, uh, yeah, clearly. Break, you know, all of a sudden hitting home runs and maybe uh, striking out a little bit less. I mean, you know, turning into the Alfonso Soriano that they paid so much money for. Although you know you're not going to get the stolen bases from Well, Alfonso. yeah, because when they paid for Alfonso Soriano, first of all, that was one of the dumbest contracts in the history of baseball. They paid for a guy who they knew struck out a lot, and they knew wasn't disciplined at the plate. They did think, and they also knew that he wasn't a very good fielder, but they did think that they, you're right, that he was going to get the home runs, the RBIs, and the steals. And steal bases. And, and the steals are probably gone. That's probably over for Alfonso yeah. Soriano. But Typical Cubs luck. We finally get one of the great base runners. 
And his legs go. Yeah, but what, what would you say, like, what kind of year could he have? 25 and 80? Is that, well, and that would be great, in my opinion. He could be the National League MVP. Are you, you, are you serious? Soriano? It's not, it's not totally beyond the I realm of possibility. I think it is beyond the realm. I think it's beyond Neptune. You don't think he could hit 38 homers, get 109 RBIs? No. And bat 306? I think he could have four years ago. I don't think he can now. All right. I think that, I think that he could, Best case scenario out of sorry this year, I'm very sorry for sucking, mm-hmm. uh, would be 25 home runs, 80 RBIs. If he did that this year, I'd be ecstatic and and hit better than 250. Mm-hmm. By now, the way, if you look in the uh, calendar, they've already penciled in the Cubs schedule. Aramis Ramirez getting injured. When, when is yeah, that so happening this I year? I believe it's July 10th to July 28th. He'll Are, be out 18 days. Is that going to be in Milwaukee again just for continuity's sake, or are they going to have that happen somewhere else? No, I think they're going to go continuity's sake, and it will start in Milwaukee. Thank you for asking. But okay. It's nice that after all these years of him getting injured that they've actually put it into the schedule. That way when you know if you you're buy your ticket or not, you know if Aramis is going to be playing or not. Well, that's why Chad Tracy has made the roster, because I'm yeah. sure they know that at some point Aramis is going to have yeah. a tight hamstring, a tight shoulder, yeah. a tight tricep, a tight this, a tight that. Just get on the damn field and play. <laughs> and we kid, of course, because he's actually been a pretty good player since he's oh, come he's here. Been, we, he's we heard about he's healthy. Yes. I just wish he was healthy more. And when he came over from Pittsburgh, we kept hearing about his lack of attention, his fielding deficiencies. He's actually been a pretty, been a pretty good soldier you know, he's for the a- Chicago Cubs. Stayed out of trouble. He's not your team leader. He's not going to be your rah-rah guy, but uh, solid. Very, and defensively, solid. he has improved a ton. Last Excellent. year, he regressed a lot, I thought. Yep. He played pretty poorly yeah. at third last year. Mm-hmm. But if you look from 2003 to 2008, Very he good. became an excellent fielder. Yep. Hopefully this year that fielding lapse he had last mm-hmm. year will be erased and he'll get back to where he well, was. Well, the knock, the knock on him when he came over was it was uh, not he had the physical skills to be a good fielder was his attention span. Yeah. He would just have trouble concentrating, uh, as sometimes we often do during our one-hour show. You can imagine us trying to concentrate <laughs> for two and a half hours straight on the baseball field. Yeah, well, I, I hope for Aramis's sake that he has that good offensive year. I hope that he has that you know that that type of year that we're hoping for because they need it this year. They mm-hmm. they need him to be, and they need Derek Lee to be what he was last year. I mean, they really need. An 08 Ramirez and an 09 Lee to be competitive yeah. this season. Yeah, that's the problem. If you're going to win 90 wins, the Cubs need a uh, if and another if and another if. Right. And let's Giovanni move Soto to pitching is, and let's get a couple. There's a lot of ifs. That's the problem with the team. That's why I yes. said 84 wins. I mean, that's why I objectively, what did I say, 78? 79 wins? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, did, you know, Giovanni Soto is 40 pounds lighter. Is he going to be the Giovanni mm-hmm. Soto of 08? Oh, gonna that's be... where Lupinella's gut came from. Yeah. The Munchos? Giovanni sold him the 40 pounds. Yeah, maybe maybe that's where it is. Yeah. yeah. Lou, being a good manager, said, Gio, you're looking a is little anybody... bit around the tummy. I'll take it for you. And he packed it away. Would anyone like to buy some of my weight? I mean, they, yeah. you can have stomach, leg, whatever. I mean, whatever kind of fat you want. I've got mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I'd be happy to sell it to you for a very uh, reasonable price. You, on the other hand, JB, you look like you're working out for the baseball season. You look like you're uh, staying in shape. Young radio professional. Now that we're webcasting, apparently you're... Uh, Hopefully it's not any illegal things you're a popping and it's all natural. I mean, I know that I did get one of them from Brian McNamee, but Uh-oh. it was through Brian McNamee's okay. friends, so it could be circumstantial. I- I'm guessing that it's clean. All right. I mean, I haven't. I don't really read the labels. Mm-hmm. I just take the pills. Isn't that what the players say? <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't really read what I was what taking. Did Barry Bonds say they rubbed the stuff on his back? He didn't. Yeah, know what I it didn't was. really know what it was. Yeah. I just was using it. That's that's what I did. Yeah. So. Or you could use the Mark McGuire approach. I was just using it to help me recuperate. Yeah.
from an injury. Right. And Andy yeah. Pettit, you know, he, yeah. he just he just needed it to keep his elbow feeling yeah. fresh. But I like the way, way you're wearing a uh, nice loose-fitting T-shirt so as to not, uh, you know, show off the muscles too much. Well, That's I mean, a nice I, touch. if it was trying to show off the quote-unquote muscles, it yes. would just be showing the hanging fat. Take it, body. Take it easy. All yeah. right. We got to wind up another show, JB. Great job. We appreciate you coming in, I believe. Thank you. I, I've been a regular here. Is Big Dog ever coming back, or is, am I taking his mail from The now Big on? Dog is coming back. We like to say that you've been irregular here. <laughs> I'm always irregular. <laughs> By the way, tomorrow we have a young gentleman coming in who won, believe it or not, somebody bit. And an opportunity to co-host this show. Well, it's like I actually did that when I was uh, in minor league baseball. Uh-huh. And people could actually bid to sit in the booth with me and call three innings of the game with me. Yeah. And the first guy that came in, I said, I apologize because this experience <laughs> will not be what you paid for. Yeah, it's all for a good cause, yeah. right? Yeah, right, it was. All for a good cause. I believe this function was to help the Western DuPage Special Recreation Association. But we will have young, very, very intense Cubs fan Colin Harrell. In the studio tomorrow. He's on spring break from school. Young Colin will be helping me co-host the show. Well, you're going to have to ask him what his prediction is for this yes. upcoming season. Yeah, he'll probably say 107 wins. Uh, Cubs win 132. <laughs> they lose 30. They win the World yeah. Series. They don't lose a game in the playoffs. <laughs> it's going to be a great year on the north side. All right, we got to wrap up today's show. I want to thank David Olson, our producer, doing a great job. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow. Every weekday, in fact, at 10 o'clock for the two guys in a mic show. Uh, Have a great day, everybody. Don't be late tomorrow. Signing off. Bye-bye.